Ethnobotany. 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 Ethno. Hello and welcome to Radio Ethnobotany. <laughs> Ethnobotany. Radio Botany Key. Botanical. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's you first. <laughs> okay, you're cutting out this beginning, right? Uh, you're definitely cutting out. Restart. It's. I'll cut out what okay. I cut out. How dare you? <laughs> People like to hear this stuff. <laughs> this is Radio Botanical. Yes. Q theme. Q theme. So, uh, Radio Botanical is the current side chick, the side project. <laughs> you actually went for it, huh? <laughs> okay. Uh, it's the redheaded stepchild of the Global Wellness Lab, which is a an organization that both of us run. Um, I, I don't run it. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, you're starting to run it. I, I don't want to run all of it. That's the problem. <laughs> Okay, so the Global Wellness Lab is an online space. Well, use use my use my real your real title. My real title. Well, you run things. <laughs> okay, yeah, but Lucas, use my title. Okay, so I'm Miranda, and this is Lucas. Hello. And I am the director and basically the lead educator, coach, clinical herbalist at the Global Wellness Lab, which is an online space where we educate people about healing strategies for chronic health problems. And these strategies are basically come through the power of plants, botanical research, and traditional knowledge from all over the world, um, which is pretty cool. And I'm pretty fascinated and nerdy about it, and um, disgustingly so sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, so yeah, I'm your host and this is my assistant host, Lucas. Hi. <clears throat> Again. Again. <laughs> uh, okay. So cards on the table. Yes, we are siblings. And, uh, <laughs> no, he is not the older one, despite appearances <laughs> to some people I as am... in s- students we've had in I... the past. <laughs> I am balding and I have a beard, which makes you, me look several, okay, several, your, several years older than I am. Your beard gives you an air of maturity uh-huh. and wisdom. Yeah, sure. Along with your hair, which looks like a mad scientist, which I appreciate. Which completely undoes the air of maturity and wisdom and just know. clocks it back in at a, a, a neutral state. I just think it's a Doc Brown look. Like it's pre-Doc Brown. But but if the if the balding makes me look old and then the beard makes me if, if the balding and the beard makes me look old but the crazy hair makes me look younger look younger it's a combination then it's just a middle it's a flat i think what's his face net, it's a net, net neutral in back to the future i think he's actually Lloyd. pretty young thank you i think he's pretty young when he, he played was that. pretty young because he's still he around always played old. <laughs> um, yeah same <laughs> me too <laughs> yeah doing. we've both been typecast as old people our whole lives i i, I don't know Anyway, we're siblings, we run the Global Wellness Lab, and basically this is, this podcast is kind of the extension of the Global Wellness Lab. So we'll be doing a lot of the same things, only in a less professional way, probably. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And our job here is to educate, I just want to make that clear from the beginning. Like, we are not people to provide a diagnosis, 
We are not here to prescribe anything. We're not here to tell you what exactly what you have to do. Um, this is not about um, giving you a telling you what medications to take or solving your disease right now. Basically, we're going to try to give you some tools and we're going to explore the just like the general awesomeness of the world of medicinal plants, which is a crazy long list from all over the world. I mean, we're talking about thousands upon thousands of plants that people have used and still use as their primary medicine. So obviously, when you get into the city, um, the more urbanized the space is, probably the less you're going to see people using medicinal plants, but it's not necessarily true. Um, you look at like there's a lot of studies going on with, for example, Latino populations in New York, and they bring all of their own, um, they bring all of their own medicines and um, from wherever they um, originated. Same with like Jamaicans and other um, immigrants from the Caribbean, and they have their own stores where they sell these remedies. So you decided to pronounce it Caribbean, huh? Car- Caribbean, for, for, for Caribbean our li- for our listeners at home, so you don't get embarrassed. Uh, you, it's actually, it is actually correct to say it either way, as far as I know. But you usually say Caribbean, but you're deciding to say okay. Caribbean today. He's trying. He likes to give the geography teacher crap. You really <laughs> do. So yeah, I'm also a geography teacher. Um, I have been teaching geography for a long time. Um, but, so I do think we should go through our backgrounds just a little bit. Today, though, I have no qualifications. Don't listen to me. <laughs> Lucas is here to uh, remind me that I'm talking to real people. Um, and and when when she says something smart, I either go, "What what does that mean?" or I go, "What really?" Yeah, one of those two. Because we certainly <laughs> haven't discussed any of this before. You're coming no, to we this definitely blind. Didn't research all of this together in the same room over several hours. And no, no, over several hours. Several, a lot several of hours. several hours. And <laughs> repeatedly saying things to each other, and then going, "Wait, we should save that for the podcast." Yeah, we should. Like, don't tell me this now. I need to sound surprised. <laughs> Whoa! Oh my! You goodness. don't say. <laughs> yeah, I do say. I do say. <laughs> So, um, okay, so let's take a step back. I am, we are both, I believe, not just me. We are both uh, the children of a, a holistic medicine practitioner. My parents were on, like, the, like, front, like, the beginning part of the big wave of alternative and functional and complementary medicine that started gaining steam in the 80s. It really started you know, gaining steam in the last like 15 years. Um, But when I was little, we were just the weirdest people on the block. Like (laughs) I was the Wednesday Adams of my neighborhood. Like I'm not kidding. (laughs) In many ways, I imagine. Speaking of Christopher Lloyd. um, Anyway, so we grew up in this family, although you're a lot younger than me. So he is more than a dozen years younger than me. And we'll keep it at that. It's about a century. A century in our souls. So I'm like from 1850 and you're from like 1950. Is that how that works? As long as you're from, for you, you need to be post penicillin. Yes. And post. Mainly post post penicillin. I'm the one who knows how to use the woods. That's true. You do. Yeah. 
not well, probably post penicillin. Then you can't be 1850s. You you gotta be. Oh, 1950s. absolutely. I was just trying to figure out like how you could also be in the past. But oh no, I'm just from now. You're from now. That's true. Um, you're very much a I'm, child I'm, I'm of hip. now. I'm 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 with trends <laughs> with all the trendiness. <laughs> okay, I, I am hip with the times. <laughs> okay, so anyway, Yeet. so <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Oh no! <laughs> How do you not know what that means? Because I'm not on that part of the internet. My students probably tell say things that I'm just like, are you having an aneurysm? <laughs> like, it's such common uh, <laughs> lingo these days. Well, not on my Twitter feed. <clears throat> so, anyway, okay. That's because your Twitter feed is... It's academics, journalists, it's, and artists yeah. is what it is. You're not going to be hearing any <laughs> academics saying yeet. And a lot of people who are really mad about everything, and I, I just try to scroll along down to pass the doom. And yeah. scroll past the doom and onto whoever is putting out some pretty art or some really weird study. It's so, a good idea. Yeah, it helps me a little bit. Anyway, so I was born into this family when I was uh, little. Like we followed these crazy trends that were just starting, like um, like the low fat diet stuff. That was a really big deal. Actually, it wasn't all low fat. It was a lot of like plant fats. Um, so like your nuts and your seeds and different things not not avocados yet but anyway so but it it was very low fat in terms of meats and just weird grains you know everything had to be a uh, whole grain yes it had to be a whole grain svelte yeah i was just gonna say yes i was feeling very svelte no spelt was a big one um when i was little there was there was some health problems that were going on in my family and they were partially like genetic and my brother and I then had like blood tests, like some of those early like Elisa. Other act. brother. Other brother. Oh, sorry, yes. Yeah. So not there's me. five of us. There's other people. <laughs> I was really little, you were not. There's alive. other crazies. You were I didn't not exist alive. Yet. Um yeah, so Lucas is my youngest brother. But it, anyway, so yeah, we we were like on, like I said. The cutting edge, and it's weird because so much of what we were doing then, minus like the really low fat stuff, which like is really good because it's gone out of favor because people know it's not about low fat, it's about what kind of fats you're eating. And my early life was, I spent so much time in our family clinic, and then as soon as I turned 15, I was working in the family clinic, partially with patients, and then I pretty much did everything you could do in the clinic um, except be the doctor. <laughs> so I was like laboratory assistant and coach. I, my first degree was in massage therapy. And so, yeah, I really helped advance a lot of the protocols that our family used in the clinic. And my family, my, the clinic takes in, you know, patients from many states. We're in Minnesota, but we have people coming from all over just because, have a reputation of being able to um, help people with some really, really tough things, <laughs> stuff that doesn't easily go away. And they've tried a lot of other stuff. And most of that is based on, it's based on botanical research. It's based on traditional medicine. It's based on clinical experience, just, you know, trial and error and saying, well, this didn't work. We try the next thing. Yeah, dad killed a lot of people before he settled on some <laughs> of his practices. It's like, what's his name? Uh, I think it's Withering. There's this guy, and I think it's the 1700s, and he's the one who developed the 
I think he developed how to use digitalis, which is from Foxglove, and it was one of the earliest heart, like, synthesized, standardized, essentially, medications to use for the heart. Um, what it does is, in the right dose, it strengthens the heart muscle so it can contract better. Um, so people who have a weakening heart, they used to, I believe, call that dropsy. So once upon a time, this guy, he goes and he hears that this one woman healer is in a community, is treating these patients successfully. And so he goes over and he talks to her and he gets all of her notes and her <laughs> recommendations. And then he just goes off and becomes famous for using it. But what happens is, what's worst about it, is he truly does this through trial and error. He takes meticulous notes over years about all of his different standardizations and what levels killed people yeah. and what didn't. Yeah. Anyway. One of those. However, it did become extremely useful and it is still used today. Classic. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway. And this is the type of stuff you can expect from us. We can talk about the horrible history of some drug development, um, <laughs> but which has also done very good things. I mean, the history of medicine is is equally equal parts amazing and horrifying, really. So, I mean, that's just human history. <laughs> oh, true. That's true. just like, this horrible <laughs> thing happened, but if it weren't for that, we wouldn't have... A, B, or C. Ice awesome cream <laughs> or something. Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, if we didn't have, like, horrible blizzards, we wouldn't have ice cream, probably. Don't think about that too much. Oh, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> well, I feel like you, you're okay, very wrong. You, okay, you had to pres able to preserve ice, but it, it was from usually from lakes, and they would cut it out, and they would store it in barns and sawdust, and then they would, you know, bring it around in wagons in the summer. Are we talking about, like, Dairy Queen blizzards, or? No. I know. That's the <laughs> show. I'm taking this very seriously. <laughs> Ice cream is a serious... You should not have picked ice me as your a... assistant host okay, if you're going to take I, that seriously. I really thought you would be the one to take ice cream seriously, though, because you are an ice cream aficionado. Aficionado. Wow, you really <laughs> said it like that. You really said it what, like that. Aficionado, all right? Um, I... I guess. <laughs> well, you're more than I am. Mostly. I can say that I like it, but also my favorite ice cream isn't even ice cream. What? It's a custard. Oh, that's true. But most people would think it was. But yeah. these distinctions are important. We're going to go through a lot of different like chemical and classification distinctions in this uh, podcast. And Lucas will try to make it interesting. <laughs> yeah, enough <laughs> about ice cream. Let's talk about everybody's favorite food, pistachios. <laughs> pistachios. We're going to get to um, the many varieties of pistachio. pistachio. It's pistachio. <laughs> ah. <laughs> We're there and I've already pistachio. done it. Pistachio. Oh, pistachio. Pistachio trees is basically what I'm trying to say. But the pistachio tree from which we get pistachios. <laughs> that just sounds weird. <laughs> the pistachio tree from which we get pistachios. <laughs> that nut which you crack in twain. <laughs> Wow, you're doing like a 60s version of like a BBC Earth documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I want my David Attenborough back, please. <laughs> okay, so um, we're going to be talking about those, that that amazing sort of, those amazing species, 
especially three of them we're going to talk about. Um, but first, we need to do some more like talking about some introductions. So I got to finish. There's more introduction? I haven't even started with We've my We've been history. introducting for 20 minutes. <laughs> okay, so let me just finish who I am, maybe. Hi. Okay. So let's see. I did my first degree in massage therapy, like I said. Then I went on to do a degree in social sciences, which is basically um, anthropology and political science and sociology. So it's basically you're studying human culture and how humans interact with each other and interact with their environments. And there's geography in there and history and um, super interesting. Maybe not to everyone, but I like it. Um, and I went on and he worked for a, um, a national adolescent health survey and, and then I went back to school and studied South Asian languages formally, Hindi and Urdu. You also traveled the world. Yeah, I have traveled a bit. <laughs> Maybe throw that one in there. <laughs> I traveled a bit. I mean, I guess I've been to various places in Africa and Asia and Europe, Europe. So pretty good. Haven't been past Central America to the South, though. Yeah. So that's, that's got to do that sometime. Off to Panama! <laughs> uh, um, got to bury, bury the yellow fever victims yep. in the basement. <laughs> this is from Arsenic on Lace, which, by the way, arsenic is also an important Oh, yeah, we should, do, we should do one poisons. on arsenic. <laughs> poisons, definitely. How to avoid... Ooh, Halloween episode on poisons. I think so, definitely. Yeah. Strychnine, arsenic, and all the other ones. Belladonna. Bel- Belladonna, Belladonna's yeah. big. I was going to talk about that with... People usually mention that in Fox Club. Nightshade. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, people actually... You know why it's called Belladonna? No. So, it's like Beautiful Woman, right? Mm-hmm. In Italian. So what people would do back to like, well, it's related to a plant that Queen Cleopatra actually used. It's been used since like antiquity. People will take like extracts and drops of it and um, a belladonna or hensbane and they'll drop it into their eyes. So she used to drop it into her eyes and what it does is it um, it dilates your eyes. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's, a, it's basically yeah. a smooth... Yeah, so it makes, it makes your eyes look larger. And, and it looks like you are um, very attracted, attracted to someone, to which at. makes yeah. other people, like, um, this, this, people believe that makes you look more attractive to other people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so that's why it's called that. Yeah, that makes sense. And they still use um, that um, extract for in, um, in eye doctor's offices. Yeah. No, classic human history. Just taking... <laughs> incredibly poisonous things and be like let's make ourselves look pretty with it (laughs) there is a good use for it in a very small dose internally for belladonna it's like for cramping and such but anyway so um i did that just cut that whole segment and append it to the end of or the beginning (laughs) of the halloween episode in oh seven months (laughs) maybe not we'll tell them that'll be like the uh it'll be the teaser of the, sure. of the show that never arrives. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I did that. And then um, then I, I started teaching geography and I taught like multiple like levels of geography, but all to high schoolers like AP and world geography and modern history. And then um, I suddenly decided that I wanted to go to South Africa. So... <laughs> Basically, I visited my best. You had a good reason. My best, yes, my best friend got 
marry there. I went to um, um, I I went to Johannesburg. It's there for the wedding, and I really really liked it. And so I decided that I was going to go there and do my master's degree. So I did that in South Africa, and then I came back teaching again. Started a small high school academy. Not a big deal. Um, <laughs> got back in um, to, but now I'm getting back into doing what I've done for a long time, which is the health coaching and the clinical herbalism. It's just that I've been on the education side of it more than the one-on-one side of it for a while. And But I did the one-on-one side of it for like 10 years. So <laughs> anyway, so that's where I am now. I think that's pretty much it. Um, I'm one of the... Uh, yeah, mostly now I teach geography, and oh, we teach design together, which is fun. That we do, and that's that why. And I don't know if I said this, but Lucas is the creative director. You did for. not. I was trying to get you to say it, but you did. I know. Well, you could have introduced yourself. I've been talking okay. about myself forever. Just well, say like three things about yourself besides your beard. And I'm cool. I'm cool. And I'm cool. <laughs> He no, like, um, that's more self-esteem. Video than game I've design, perhaps. Um, yeah, I'm into. I, I like writing. I like graphic design. I like video game design. If it's a creative venture that doesn't involve programming, yeah, that, where I'm not the one doing programming, no crunching of numbers, or or not like woodworking yeah. or or scheduling, like none of this, like executive director kind yeah of stuff. just more creative person using simple easy to use program yes yes if it's that i like it so microsoft <laughs> word and microsoft powerpoint yes and gimp what we found teaching is that high schoolers tend to have a hard time using <laughs> basic programs which is strange because they're supposed to be the digital generation What's the wrong with the people who are younger than you? What's wrong with their generation? I can't tell you. <laughs> it's like they don't know how to be on the computer. I don't understand. Um, it probably can teach me a lot about other things. I don't know. Um, no, my students always teach me a lot. Um, teach me how to be patient. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, give me a lot. Give me a lot of uh, a lot of laughs. All right. So um, this podcast, um, something we really want to do is we want to – Basically, take the power of like plant compounds, plant medicinal compounds, and we want to bring those to the table, kind of help them become easy to use, easy to understand, and basically help you use those plants if you choose. And also be part of a global movement to preserve this plant, these plants, and the um, and the medical traditions associated with them, the traditional medical systems. So that's something that's being lost in a lot of places. And another thing that happens a lot is that people's traditions um, can get stolen from them. Essentially, you have all of these drug companies who go and they do bioprospecting and they go to a little town in the middle of, you know, in the middle of Mexico or India or um, Madagascar or whatever. And they, they hear about like a traditional medicine and they're like, okay, we're going to go extract this from them. For example, this ha- has happened with some really famous um, cancer drugs and that were, um, I think the one I'm thinking of is Madagascar periwinkle, which is a really important chemotherapy drug or is used as an uh, important chemotherapy drug. And basically those people didn't really initially get anything for this plant and the knowledge of how to use it. 
Um, and Madagascar is extremely poor country. And that's the only <clears throat> place where that plant comes from. And it is like big bucks <laughs> for the pharmaceutical industry. So yeah. this is really common. But there's movements now um, supported by international organizations, even like the WHO, to make sure that if you go and you get something from a certain community and you take their knowledge and you take their plant and you use it to help a lot of people um, but also make a lot of money that some of those profits go back to the community and that's a really important thing. So we want to just say that whenever we're talking about really cool plants and medical traditions from other places that we always want to support like an ethical use of those traditions and we want yeah, we don't want to be, <laughs> we don't want to be extractors just mining other people's resources. So anyway, um, that's just something that I thought I should mention because that's a big part of this, this field um, of study. And you have to kind of put yourself on the right side of history on that one. Um, okay, so a lot of this podcast is going to be like jumping around between different disciplines or subjects or whatever. So we'll like go through the history and geography of plants. We'll go through um, kind of the pharmacology, phytotherapy, like how we would use these plants in a therapy, um, phytochemistry. So that means like what is the chemical constituents of this plant that are actually powerful, which is really interesting. And hopefully I can make it interesting for you. Um, and then obviously like the healing traditions themselves, like for example, probably one of the most famous ones was like traditional Chinese medicine, which is this massive, complicated, um, <laughs> system of medicine that actually has been written down for over 2000 years. So anyway, um, yeah, so we want to go through these things and then something that we want to do that we don't see a lot in like herbal, um, medicine education is really mixing the traditional use of things and the clinical use with like cutting edge research about them. So we want to do that. And then finally, because that's not enough, Lucas is going to do something very particular. I'm going to come in and I'm going to make things actually fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to say a bunch of stupid stuff that may or may not be true. Not to like be like, Gotcha. I'm not playing no. a game or something. This but is I'm literally just collecting a bunch of things that I find interesting about the history of the of, of the plant or the herb and its usage and just things that, that happened in history. Maybe. Yeah. Don't maybe know? or things that are just folklore about it or conflicted reports. Things that aren't always entirely certain or i can't find a lot of sources on them also you can be the superstition guy be like really is that true <laughs> no no not that kind of super like like you know like saying okay so they believe that you should only harvest this under a full moon oh talk about yeah superstitions. yeah no exactly well, yeah folklore. which sometimes actually those make sense because uh, like if you're talking about when to harvest something sometimes that's really important um but anyway one of the things people don't realize um, before we get into the the plant of today, is that I'm going to read a quote here. This is from the U.S. Forest Service, um, their medicinal botany um, education. They say, a full 40% of the drugs behind the pharmacist's counter in the Western world are derived from plants. Plants that people have used for centuries, including the top 20 best-selling drugs in the U.S. today. So, that's a lot. 
Oh, this is my cue. Whoa, really? <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm like looking at him like <laughs> I, was, I, was, I don't actually think I didn't tell you. I was just you sitting this there nod, nodding, like, huh, that's cool in yeah. my head. But then I was like, oh wait, this yeah, is Yeah, because you didn't actually know this one. Audio medium. I should probably go, whoa, really? You're the one who does podcasts. <clears throat> I you know. know. Well, part of it is I usually have I, I'm in a video chat with oh, other right, people. So I right. can see myself being boring. Yeah. So it's important for you to see yourself. Well, we can we can find a mirror or something. No, I don't want it. <laughs> I'm so zoomed out <laughs> in many ways. <laughs> I'm zoomed out of life. I'm zoomed out of Zoom. <laughs> really mad that they didn't have to pay any income tax. All right, let's move on. So. <laughs> Different podcast. <laughs> Lucas hates politics. We won't get into them in this podcast if we can help it. Um, maybe weird international politics. I feel like you can put up with that. Yeah. Well, like or ancient politics, like yeah, ancient politics, <laughs> like old wars. I'm, yeah, <laughs> like Alexander. I'm gonna talk about. Some we'll of have that to talk today. about the Mongols at some point. I t- taught about that in my class the other week, and you and I watched all of those yeah. documentaries, and they were insane. What's the um, What's the song that I think it's Crash a... Course uses every time they mention <laughs> the Mongols? <laughs> burr, 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 burr. It's, it's just something yeah. like they use some like bit of like a sword and sandals film i think for, like, the, <laughs> in, like an Basically, italian movie yeah. well i'm pretty sure that that's what they said it was at some point i looked it up um anyway or like maybe john green mentioned it in one of his his like vlog brothers like like uh, uh videos all right so today what are we talking about lucas we're gonna be talking about pistacia <laughs> Lentiscus. Can we get some, like, saxophone <laughs> up in here? <laughs> okay. So, um, Pistacia lentiscus is the source of mastic gum. And mastic gum is this crazy, like, important substance to people, um, especially in the Mediterranean world, North Africa, and going to the Middle East and Central, um, Central Asia, um, it's been important, and we have records of it being used medicinally for often very similar things as it is used today. Um, we have records of it going back like over two thousand years. Um, so we, um, it's it's pretty it's pretty darn important. It is Pistacia lentiscus, which I always mess up saying. <laughs> it is um, part of the Pistacia family. You know, when when you mess up saying it. I get really pistachioed off. <laughs> nah, I've just been waiting for like some, if we can make some, people oh, should send bad. us, if anybody ever, you know, has the inclination, we should have people send us different. Bad like, herb puns. Yes, please. That would be funny. Um, okay. So when we talk about Latin names for plants, it's really important to know what, how they are named and it's really simple and i think people like freak out when they see the name like two names for the same plant and it's not the regular name that it's known by um and like why does it sound almost like the thing but not quite or like you know saint john's wort is no it's latin binomial is hypericum perforatum i believe which is amazing i love that name um saint john's wort is also i think mediterranean um, so that just means like I don't actually know what it means, but perforatum is probably like holes. Yeah, you know, obviously. Um, I don't know what hypericum means. It sounds it sounds it's kind of like, like imperial to me. Yeah, no, like like command, like I large assume. commander. 
Commander well, Holes. We should. We should. Weird. We should look this up because. Um. Anyway, so. I was just thinking like Hyperion. Yes. Might be that same root. Yeah, probably. I so sometimes I, that one in particular, I don't know as much about the Saint John's word, like family or what it's related to, but. In this case, so Latin binomial of a plant, you see the first word in the, the two-word title of a plant, the two-word name. The first word has to do it, – it's the genus of the, of the plant. And the second word is the species within that genus. And the genus is a part – a bunch of plants that are part of a family of plants. So you really just need to look at three levels most of the time. I dream of genus. <laughs> um, so that, that was actually not bad. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be here all night. Um, Literally, okay. I will. I'm sleeping on the couch that we are sitting on right now. <laughs> yeah, that's what a new puppy does to you. Um, yeah, we have a new. Lucas has a new puppy, and we need to post pictures of her. Um, She's a monster. I don't know if you want to like blot out her face like people do with their kids' pictures. <laughs> what's the point? <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, if you can't see the cute puppy eyes, then what's the what's the point? She's adorable. Um, also, very very uh... extremely not house trained. Not at all. It's 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 a it's a burden for you. I'm sorry, but she's very cute. Um, so. What was I saying? So the- My hands have not known their natural <laughs> oils for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> All they have known is cleaning solution. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I kind of wish, for once, you kind of wish you probably wish you had, like, wood floors. Yeah. I love wood floors, and there are reasons for that. Um, okay. So the Pistacia... Um, group of plants is a genus and they're basically all trees or large shrubs um, most of them shrubs shrubbery um, <laughs> I, was the, I was just thinking of the Monty Python on the Holy Grail <laughs> a shrubbery <laughs> anyway so I think there's like 600 of them I have to look again there's anyway there's a lot of species but the most important ones for our talk is Pistacia lentiscus, and then there's a Hia variation um, from the island of Hios in Greece. There's Pistacia atlantica, which is also known as the wild pistachio. And then there's Pistacia vera, and that is the tree from which we get pistachios, um, which are amazing and also super expensive, and I always want to buy them, but they're like 10 bucks at the grocery store every time. So it's really sad. <laughs> they're very expensive. But they are wonderful. Um, question for people, though. Do you like your pistachios shelled or unshelled? I mean... I don't think they're good if they're unshelled because they start get losing some of their, like, I don't know. They, they get mushy and... Oh, I hate the shells. Really? I hate it. It's so annoying to crack them open. Hmm. It is kind of annoying, but I just feel like they taste better. I mean, like... When the... they're, like, protected a little bit. You wouldn't want to, like, I wouldn't want to eat, like, an unpeeled banana for very, that's been sitting there for very long. Or a peeled banana. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. After a a banana has been sitting there. Wait, 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 let's talk about that for a second. The English language. (laughs) Unpeeled, peeled. (laughs) Those would mean the same thing. You know, they could, unpeeled could mean peeled. 
Because it has been unpeeled. Oh, you're right. It could refer I hate to, that. It could refer to the process of having peeled something. Yeah. Oh, that's bad. This is this is why people should learn Latin. No, I think Latin is worse. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> way worse. Conjugations are like seventeen thousand cases to learn. I don't think um, I would not have survived in ancient Rome for a lot of reasons. <laughs> I don't like the shells because I have to break them open and then my fingers hurt because they get all salty and swollen. Yeah, they do. It does keep you from eating too many. Yeah, but <clears throat> anyway, so that's pistachios. Then Ooh. I just don't eat them and I go get something else. But then they do go bad. Me. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> true. I just think they get kind of like this is, you know, this is sounding you're going to hate this, but I think they get oxidized really fast when they're not in the shell. So they start to go bad a little bit. Like they taste slightly rancid to me. Huh. That's what I, I guess a little bit. Yeah. I, I think the kinda... shell just protects them, but I'm really sensitive to that taste. Like my dad is too. Like, like anything is slightly getting old with it. Like an oil. I can taste it. Like I can smell it and I run away screaming. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so we've got the Pistacia vera. So a lot of these plants are probably from Iran um, originally. Um, we can trace Pistacia atlantica, the wild pistachio, and Pistacia vera, pistachio plant. Um, we can trace those to Iran. I'm not as sure about Pistacia lentiscus. Um, I think partially like the Greeks kind of want to claim it. <laughs> mm -hmm, <laughs> so, And we know that the rivalry between the Greeks – and the Persians goes back uh, time immemorial, immemorial. Well, pretty much like 2,500 years. So. Yeah. A while. A long time. Um, and we only, we know a lot about, the only things we know about the Persians really um, that aren't from some of the texts they left. Um, a lot of it comes from Herodotus or other Greek writers who saw them as enemies. So anyway, poor Persians back yeah. then. Anyway. Okay, so from Pistacia lentiscus, we got this the famous um, substance of mastic gum. Can you explain what mastic gum is? Me? Yes, because you know, and I've been talking a lot. You're the botanical person. <laughs> okay. okay, fine. <clears throat> mastic gum is, so they call it, they originally called it Tears of Heels. Yes. And they called it that because it is the resin that drips out of wounds on a tree wounds just being like cuts cuts cut in the bark yeah. and it's and the way it, it drips off of the tree just ends up looking like teardrops and mm -hmm. then it falls down and you've got this nice little chunk of resin on the ground and that's what they collect yeah. and it's not actually a gum no which i can talk about which she'll talk about but basically they've been prized across the Middle East, North Africa, Europe, um, like I said, for like 2,000 years. Um, so they are a resin. It's a resin, not a gum. And uh, so um, can you explain where Chios is real quick? Chios is in the Mediterranean, obviously, because it's Greece. It is uh, like... I think it's like eight kilometers. The The furthest point is like eight kilometers from uh, from Turkey. 
it's really close. Like the Anatolian Peninsula or something, mm-hmm. I think, yep. is really close. Which the Greeks aren't going to want you to say. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and that's precisely why the island of Chios has such an interesting history. Which we will get into. Which we'll get into. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So there's all, just to give you an idea, there's all of these islands, if you don't already know, that are in Greece, but are between mainland Greece and Turkey. And they have historically changed hands over and over and over. What would you call that collection of islands? <laughs> uh, there's multiple names depending on where. Like, there's different groups. I'm just wondering how you're going to pronounce it. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> the the word starts with an A. The Aegean. No, ends with starts with an A. Good that that's a good point. But no, it starts with an A, ends with a popular children's toy. I don't know. You a Lego. I'm just wondering how you're gonna pronounce it. Archipelago. Yeah, that's what you're gonna say. <laughs> Archipelago. I always say archipelago. <laughs> why i prompted you you. this is why you should never have little brothers (laughs) because they'll never let you get away with anything why you should (laughs) they'll tell you when you're you're being daft um apparently i don't pronounce a lot of things right and i'm telling you that it's because i read so much as a kid and i read all these words way before i ever heard them like like a decade before I ever heard someone say them. <laughs> and so that's my problem. It's because I'm so smart that I have problems pronouncing things. <laughs> uh, classic. <laughs> so anyway, so so these, the, let's go back to the mastic gum. So, um, so gum, mastic gum is not a gum, it's a resin. So I, for the longest time, thought that resins and saps were the same thing. Like, when you're walking through a pine forest or whatever, if you live near any kind of forest like that, when you're walking through, as a kid, I hated it because you would, like, brush up against a pine tree and all of a sudden you're, You're like... You're sticky. You're sticky, but it's like, it's like a glue sticky. Yeah. Yeah. And you're sticky for the rest of the day. And if you are, if you are in the woods, like, you're planning to be there for a long time and you have nowhere to actually wash up, there's no, like, hand wipe that's going to take care of this situation. Oh, I hated it as a kid. Or like you end up playing with like, or like gathering um, all kinds of like pine needles. You a lot of times get something similar. Um, so anyway, so resin is a compound. It's a substance that's created um, just on the barely, um, just barely inside the tree. It's created when the tree is wounded is the term they use. So it's, it's scratched. It's got, um, it, it might have a big slash through it, whatever, but the resin is created to help protect the tree in that wound so that a, um, it won't get eaten or something. Um, B it needs to, um, it needs to close up the wound. So you can think of it kind of like a scab on like that you get when you, when you, um, when you scratch yourself and then, um, that was my simile. You you stole my my uh, comparison. Okay. <laughs> How <laughs> dare you? Comparison. We 
Were you going to share it with the group? I was, actually. <laughs> I was going to wait until you were finished okay, with your sentence because was... I'm a nice boy. Okay, so Lucas came up with that, and he's brilliant, <laughs> and I should not be like that Dr. Withering who just takes other people's <laughs> knowledge. I'll give you a wither. He's giving me a withering stare at the moment. <laughs> nah, it's more just a blank stare. <laughs> blank stare. He's like, I'm done with you. Okay, so what was I saying? Okay, so resin... Um, and then thirdly, resin is used to um, keep out, like, microbial invaders and kill those off. So they have antiseptic, antimicrobial, antibacterial properties. Um, sometimes very powerful <laughs> antibacterial properties. Um, so, yeah, that's what resin is. Now, um, sap is different. Um, sap is not primarily an oil like resin. Um, resin has... Um, a lot of volatile oils inside of it, essential volatile. oils. Volatile. Volatile. Volatile oils. <laughs> volatile oils. Okay, I'm really tired. <clears throat> volatile sounds like a supervillain. It does. Fear me, I, I am volatile. volatile. <laughs> I, just, His, it, I shall drip sap upon you because but, uh, I don't know the difference between resin or sap. <laughs> by day, he's a rich oil magnate. And by night, right. he's using his vast reserves of oil <laughs> to, I don't know. That, that's his version of an essential slip oil. Slip down the streets, <laughs> spill it all into the ocean, right. into, into the Bay of Gotham. Oh, yeah. Well, we definitely need like a masked Avenger of some sort. Whatever you have the money for. It might just be the like Green Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, and just quickly, like, volatile oil is the same. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I can't say that word. Volatile oil. This is why I'm going to use the term essential oil. Um, It's the same thing. Um, Essential oil doesn't mean that it's essential to your body. Um, It means it's the essence of an oil. Yeah. So just it's a so big you know. old lie. <laughs> okay. So um, anyway, so sap is different. Um, the, one of the most famous examples, especially in North America, the sap is um, what we derive maple syrup out of. We get it from the sap of the sugar maple. Um, and so sap is, is a nutrient dense fluid that rises from the roots of a plant um, through to its, um, stem and its leaves, its branches, whatever parts are above the ground. Um, that's what the sap is. So then you have gum and people have all kinds of ideas about what gum is. Um, sometimes even like technical terminology, they'll still say that, you know, there are resins that are also gums. It gets really complex, but I'm just going to like try to break it down. Basically, except that you can't break <laughs> you can't break gum down very easily. That's kind of the point. It's like an adhesive material. Um, it's a, a thick, a thickening agent. It's often used as thickening agents um, in industrial products and foods, prepared foods and such. Um, gums are used for that. Uh, anyway, like it's a it's a substance that's right inside the tree. Usually, it's in the woody parts of a tree or a plant. Um, you can get it from other places too, but 
and it has it's usually made out of like a long string of sugars polysaccharides and it's there for a lot of different reasons um my guess is it's partially just a buffer um who are you calling polly there we go <laughs> i knew there was a joke there <laughs> i'm just a little late with it <laughs> i don't even know um okay so uh that's the difference so i'm um, uh, the some really famous examples of resins that everyone has heard. Polysaccharide want a cracker. There we go. <laughs> there we go. That's a good one. <laughs> okay, so resins, famous resins forever. Um, and if you've ever seen a nativity play, you know what they are: frankincense and myrrh. Um, and very, very expensive. Um, desired resins, and they also have amazing medicinal properties. Um, saps, like I said, maple syrup and gums. So there's Arabic gum that comes from the acacia tree. You'll see that added gum to everything. Arabic. Gum Arabic. It's either way. Um, I just see it as gum Arabic yeah. most of the time. There's agar or I don't know if there's another way to pronounce that, but agar is from red algae or seaweed and they use it to do a lot of different kinds of, um, chemical, of uh, chemistry tests. So a lot of times if you're trying to test um, – if you are if you are trying to culture a bacteria and then put some other substance in the culture to see how it affects the bacteria, you generally use a substrate. And a lot of times that's going to be red algae, red algae. So I don't know if any of that made sense. Uh, I No, I'm lost actually. <laughs> you know, like, like – I got little, red algae. Okay, Petri dishes. Yes. You put – like a gelatin-like substance, usually it's oh, made out okay. of agar, usually, okay. and then you gotcha. grow bacteria on it. Okay, that that made more sense to me too. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> okay, so hopefully I made that sense with that. I did zone out for a second. I I forgot my job was to try to <laughs> to remind you to make sense. So that's the problem if you're also lulled to sleep by whatever like nonsense I'm saying. Hopefully I'm right when I'm talking about this stuff. <laughs> you can always look it up, guys. I'm sure that's encouraging to hear. <laughs> okay, I have the educational a, I have a zillion to. sources, but I am not perfect, and I am still learning, as we all are. Part of this podcast. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna be hosting like Sesame Street. Um, we're all learning, and it's okay to be learning and make mistakes. Get messy, make mistakes. Um, I'd rather be Miss Frizzle. Don't get messy and make mistakes with resin, though. <laughs> He'll never get it really off. Really sticky. He'll never get it off. Um, or sap. I, yeah. I don't know. How sticky is resin? Do we know? Very. Very. Okay. You heard but it here first, folks. Not when it's like resin, dry. Resin, sticky. It doesn't seem to me like once you dry it, like they do with mastic gum and frankincense and all that, like it's when it's like initially on the tree and um, once it's been off the tree for a while, I think it's, it's just different. Um, okay. So I think I've made that clear. Yes. Yes. Okay, and I really quickly I want to say that you have the pistachia trees, the most famous ones. They're basically stretched from Iran through the Mediterranean into North Africa. And you'll see them also in all of Southern Europe. Um, and pistachia Atlantica probably has one of the greatest ranges of it. And they and all... what, what's similar between all three of those climates? <laughs> Uh, I know, but for our audience. <laughs> They're all dry. Dry, arid. Climates. They can handle a lot of, a lot of, like, I think they can handle high saline soil, too. Did yep. we read that at one point? Yep. Um, high saline soil, 
lots of heat. They do they not do well, do with, well humidity. with humidity. Yeah, yeah. That was which one of the is, first things we found out about. Yes, it. which is surprising because they're on an island. You'd think. Yeah. Just from first, my f- first thought was they should like humidity. Well, when I next was to in a Greece. Sea. <laughs> but when you were in Greece. For like a month All sailing. All right, Mrs. I traveled the world. <laughs> okay, you the one who brought it up. I did. <laughs> so, but when I, I spent like a month in Greece, like maybe three and a half weeks, and um, it was southern Greece. It was like um, sailing. I was not a good crew member, I must say. Not at all. <laughs> I try, but I'm just not good at it. But anyway, so, but it wasn't, I would say it was really hot, but I don't, it wasn't like humid like it gets in Minnesota, which is surprising. People think that Minnesota is always cold, but basically we have super We're not... winters and we have super like um, humid summers. It's the waste. <laughs> we have amazing falls, falls though. Or like autumn is amazing. Mm-hmm. So we live for autumn here. Okay, so... Anyway, there's like some major subspecies of Pistacia atlanticus, um, atlantica. I'm sorry, and but they all have pretty similar effects. So, and a lot of the resins from these trees have really similar effects. Like they have a lot of the same chemical ingredients that are have medicinal properties. Okay, so what have I not covered? Um, we have to cover like what actually what these chemicals are that are in them and what they do yes what they're used so in. to explain that i have to explain the difference between primary and secondary chemical compounds in plants um primary okay and then before that i have to explain what a compound is so all um all compounds are molecules but not all molecules are compounds i believe i said that right So, for example, ozone is a molecule, but it is only one kind of, only has one kind of atom, one kind of element in it. And so it cannot be a compound. Think about like, like the sort of uh, popular term compound um, as you go backwards. It's like something that's mixed together. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's the same thing. You have to have more than one kind of element or atom. So HDO, uh, HDO, H2O, <laughs> I have a jaw disability. I'm just going to put that out there and I can't always speak. So that's my excuse forever and a day. Um, so um, anyway, so compounds, um, secondary compounds are compounds that are not necessary for the um, growth or reproduction of a plant. So primary compounds are necessary and they include things like enzymes and proteins and carbohydrates. They're nutrients and the plant needs them to grow. Um, They're major constituents of the plant. Secondary compounds, also known as secondary metabolites. Don't get too scared off by that word. It's just something that's involved in the, um, just the everyday existing of the plant. Secondary metabolites or secondary compounds are primarily used in defense and in attracting pollinators and in healing. So because secondary compounds on a a chemical level, they um, 
they often resemble, they mimic a lot of the compounds in the human body. Um, so um, people maybe have heard of phytoestrogens because every so often people freak out about soil, soy and how soy um, can represent an estrogen. And so some people think it's really good for your hormone balance and some people think it's likely to lead to hormone-related cancers because you get too much of it. Your body thinks you're getting a lot of estrogen. Anyway, so that's just one example of um, uh, a compound that resembles, a, a plant compound that resembles um, an important compound in the human body. So anyway, so these secondary compounds are responsible for a lot of the drugs that we have. Um, and so just a few of them. Oh, and I have to mention, they're not just from plants. So some of the most famous ones are actually made by microbes. So they can come from plants, animals, bacteria, fungi. Um, there's a whole... Um, there's a whole huge field of research that's gaining a lot of steam looking into secondary metabolites, also called natural products, because they're produced by nature. Um, I don't know why, but the word microbe, all of a sudden, I just feel like... You're like Louis Pasteur. Less, Louis Pasteur. <laughs> I can't say Pasteur ever. <laughs> I could see that my like ability to speak is dis dis disintegrating. Um, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I just... I. <laughs> I feel like it'd be like, for some reason, I can hear it as surfer slang. Like a dude going, yeah, yeah. man, microbes, bro. <laughs> That's going to be like yeah, a... I got to get that microbe. Can we, when we, can we just clip that and just reuse it? Microbes, bro. <laughs> I sound like I'm a smoker. <laughs> microbes, bro. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, they... The main thing is they have to have a biosynthetic origin, which shouldn't be scary. It just means that a living organism created this chemical. Um, so can you guess one of the most famous secondary metabolites, secondary compounds ever? You mentioned it already. Did I? <laughs> you did. You said I wouldn't want to live before the advent of... Oh, penicillin. <laughs> yes. Yes, penicillin. Um, penicillin is from the penicillium mold. Yep. So, yeah. So that's one of the most famous ones. Um, another one is aspirin, which comes from willow bark. Um, that was... Um, that's got... That was actually like isolated in 1852, so that's a pretty early one in terms of drugs. And then by the 1890s, I think Bayer, I think aspirin was made. Bayer got a hold of a patent or something in like 1890s. Well, I think it was made. They were trying to get more penicillin, and they accidentally made aspirin. No, right? no, no. It happened no? way before that. Yeah. In 52. 1852. 1852. Yeah. I'm thinking of something else then. There were yeah. there there was definitely something. There's a story of penicillin we in a go similar into vein to aspirin that they found while trying to make penicillin. <laughs> They're like, oh, that's useful too, but it ain't penicillin. Keep searching. I don't remember. There was also something like there was that. There's also sulfa drugs at the same time that I think are more. What's like aspirin mineral. from then? Um, aspirin is willow bark. It's oh, willow. From, you said it. It's yep. from salicin. I believe that's. The term it's salicin is um, the secondary compound from willow bark that has the analgesic, the anti, like the pain killing effect. So, um, okay. So then another one is digitalis. We talked about that. 
from foxglove. Um, just don't poison anybody with foxglove. Foxglove are really beautiful flowers if you've ever noticed them. Um, if you look it up, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I've seen those in gardens. They're really popular. Um, what's another one that uh, there were wars fought over this one, um, this particular compound? They were fought in China. Opium. Opium wars. <laughs> what is opium? <laughs> opium <laughs> comes, 500. comes from a poppy, <laughs> which mostly has historically come from Southeast Asia and India, but now it's, a lot of it's grown in Central Asia and Afghanistan, as you probably know. Um, so, but yeah, Southeast Asia, that's where a lot of our illegal opium trade happens. But, um, so morphine comes from opium, as does codeine, and both of those are alkaloids, just a class of secondary compounds that often have, like, crazy, like, they can have psychoactive effects and, like, strong pain-killing effects. You can usually tell them by the last three letters, which is I and E. So can you guess what another one might be based on that? If it ends in E and it has, like, strong effects on your mood or your energy... Caffeine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and also nicotine. So there are a lot of oh, these, yep. right? And then there's like artemisinin, which is um, a really important anti-malarial um, um, that a, a, the first Chinese woman to ever um, get the Nobel Prize won it in 2015 for having distilled arte- artemisinin. And that's from sweet wormwood. So that's really new then. That's from sweet wormwood. It saved like millions of lives. Dang. Um. And because there's desperate need for different types of anti-malarials, because malaria, um, <laughs> those microbes grow resistant really quickly. So anyway, so that's... Um, microbes, bro. <laughs> microbes. Really and then resistant, bro. <laughs> other secondary compounds are responsible, like I said, essential oils, a lot of the like scents of plants that you recognize, scents of... Um, a sense of plants. Alpha pinene. Alpha pinene. Yeah. It's the ene. It all makes sense now. That's actually a terpene. Well, never mind. <laughs> it was a good choice. Forget though. I said it. I think it's because it. it we haven't talked about alpha it's pinene be, yet. It's because the the. I think it's because it's from pine. They, they name it after pine. All right. So, um, the Faces the colors. Annoyed. The colors that you know and love from fruits and vegetables, even if you don't love fruits and vegetables. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All those pretty colors, those are from secondary compounds um, called flavonoids. So anyway, I think we went through those. You know what they are. You're a (laughs) flavonoid. Okay, so um, those are secondary compounds. And I think we should – I want to go into what – those compounds are in um, the pistachia plants. Mostly you're going to see alpha pinene, beta pinene, limonene, and myristicine. These are all what are called monoterpenes. Don't get worried. Like, you don't have to remember this exactly. It's just that terpenes are, like, really popular for use in cannabis-related activities. So if you search terpene, that is what you're going to get. <laughs> but they are responsible, like I said, for terpenes, a- <laughs> bro. <laughs> <laughs> they generally they have a lot of um, like strong effects 
on humans <laughs> and um, they can have psychoactive effects like um, and they're very well absorbed. So some secondary compounds they a lot of has to happen in the body for them to be used not these monoterpenes usually are the terpenes like your body just like sucks them up <laughs> so like they've done studies on people who just did like one dose of a terpene compound and like they almost instantly could test it as in their blood so it, it gets absorbed really fast which means that they can be really powerful um okay so we went through that that's what we're going to talk about but first lucas is going to take you on a tour of the wild and crazy history of the pistachia, especially the pistachia lentiscus variation here <laughs> from heos <laughs> all right tell us what you got Look, that will have to 